What's up, Longhorn fans? Welcome to another Monday edition of our instant reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. This one, Kansas Jayhawk Week. I am Trey Elling, joined alongside, as always, by the great Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com. Joe, happy Monday. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I uh, I went to Worst Fest yesterday, so had uh, had my share of some bratwurst and sauerkraut and a uh, couple uh, Oktoberfest type beverages. And so now I'm uh, I'm good to go. I'm ready for this week and uh, for what comes next with with Texas Longhorns football. Yes, a lot of question marks to be sure. By the way, if you're watching right now on the On Texas Football YouTube channel, we always appreciate you hit, clicking that subscribe button. And of course, if you like this particular episode, that thumbs up is greatly appreciated as well. The questions this week, Joe, I think a lot of them have to do with what is going on with Quinn Ewers at the quarterback position. This is not just a one-game thing. It's not just a two-game thing. This is something that has been carrying on for a month now, four games worth of contest where Quinn Ewers, while at times he has made plays, uh, especially down the stretch of the two wins that they have uh, over the last month now, but they are two and two in large part because Quinn Ewers has been so inconsistent in throwing the football down the field. And so Steve Sarkeesian faced a barrage of those questions without anybody really asking him directly how seriously he's considering uh, giving Hudson Card some snaps on Saturday night. You have to assume that this is Quinn's job unless uh, unless he goes down to injury at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's really anything that'll get uh, Quinn Ewers out of that quarterback role. So um, as a result, the a lot of the questions then parlayed into, okay, how do you improve what's going on with Quinn Ewers? And it's very, one very interesting thing happened was that Steve Sarkeesian said, I thought he's doing a nice job when asked about footwork and mechanics and stuff like that. Later on, we got to talk to Quinn himself, and I I asked him, hey, you know, what do you think's up with your footwork? And he goes, you know, I think it's – I asked him if it had lapsed. And he goes, I think so. I think the past couple of games I've gotten too lazy with my feet, just plain and simple. So he got a little bit different messaging from the head coach and the quarterback, but I think hearing that from uh, Quinn Ewers himself has to be at least a little bit encouraging as far as that aspect of what's gone wrong with uh, the Longhorn passing game, because, you know, dating back to Oklahoma State, um, even even in Kansas State a little bit, and of course last week against TCU, passing game hadn't been there. Uh, and it's especially the deep passing game. This is where I kind of go a little bit of a different direction and don't put it all on Quinn. Yeah, you got to have better throws. Um, but let's consider this is a this is a feature of Steve Sarkeesian's offense. He's going to throw it deep. It's just how it works. It, it's it's a feature. Uh, it is the feature, and it's how he punishes teams for trying to pay too much attention to Bijan Robinson. The thing is, it just hasn't worked. Like the the hit rate has been way too low, so that now teams can either play the run a lot more honestly or play the run a lot more and take that trade off of saying, you know what, try and go deep to Xavier Worthy. If you get it in one-on-one -on -one coverage, cool, you you got it. But you haven't shown us yet that you can hit and connect on that deep pass. And part of that's, you know, just the commitment to the scheme, which I understand, but you have to have some wiggle room there if you're Steve Sarkeesian to be able to uh, be willing to take some underneath routes. Part of it's Xavier Worthy. There are balls that are in the neighborhood that I think that, he could 
make better plays on or attempts on. And then part of it's on Quinn, of course, for not putting those throws together. So there's there's three different parts of the uh, the equation that need some addressing. Uh, but I think you know, couple are easy uh, when looking at Worthy and, and Ewers. But you know, the offense is the offense, and those deep shots are going to continue. And at this point, Texas just hopes that they start hitting on them. Yeah, I need to provide some context before what I'm about to say, I guess, because I understand that Steve Sarkeesian is going to support and defend his guys, and he's certainly going to do that with a position that he's familiar with as a player and as a guy who has developed that position as a quarterback coach, as an offensive coordinator, and now a head coach as well. But when he's sitting there telling the media, and I'm glad you followed up on this, that Quinn is making the proper progressions and he's making the proper throws in a lot of these situations. That's just not true at times. Like there is the obvious example from Saturday night where he misses Bijan Robinson on that wheel route up the left sideline. He threw short there. So he's looking at that side of the field. And by the way, that is a play that has scored touchdowns for this team this year, numerous touchdowns. So he didn't make the right read there. And there were plenty of other examples that we could point to uh, not just in the game on Saturday versus TCU, although that's maybe the best slash worst example of it, but over the last four games now where he's throwing the ball where he shouldn't need to or we sh where he shouldn't be throwing it because oftentimes a guy's either covered or in some cases he's double covered as well. And here's the other thing that was interesting to me, Joe, and, and finally getting to watch Quinn operate for the first time in four games in person because I was at DKR on Saturday night. Are his receivers letting him down at times? Absolutely. There were balls that weren't great balls necessarily that still needed to be caught. It was happening throughout the course of the game. But you could also see the receivers not totally sure where the ball was going to be when they were turning around to find it. And there were opportunities there where Quinn, and maybe this is a footwork thing, where the ball is kind of floating to the receivers like a balloon where it needs to have a little bit more zip on it. But then there's the situation where they get all the way down inside the 10-yard line and he tries to zip one into uh, Jordan Whittington on a uh, quick cr crossing route, and he threw the ball entirely too hard. Whittington wasn't ready for the ball just yet. So I feel like even though there are different, uh, there's different responsibility to go around. There's blame to go around, uh, not just with Quinn, with the receivers at times, and then also the overall scheme. The one common denominator with all of that is Quinn Ewers. That's why it's perplexing to me. I'm assuming you to at least some degree and a lot of Longhorn fans that Steve Sarkeesian isn't considering more seriously getting Hudson card some reps. I mean, I felt like it, it wouldn't have been out of order at all to have Hudson card playing quarterback for you coming out of halftime on Saturday night. Clearly that didn't happen, but the fact that he's still unwilling to have that conversation, that's concerning to me because that I think is the sign of a guy who has a hard time making a difficult decision uh, when the pressure is on. And if there is a criticism of Steve Sarkeesian throughout his career, it's that he does have a hard time with those sorts of things, uh, not just pulling a quarterback necessarily, but uh, coming up with the right play call or making the necessary adjustment in the second half of games. And we're seeing that play out once again this season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far but to to pull him, and I don't know if that's exactly what you were saying, but I do think you have to give Hudson Card some reps at some point when it's not working the way it is. You don't, you know. I, I would have, just to be clear, I would have pulled Quinn Ewers on Saturday. Quinn Ewers should have been pulled on Saturday, in my opinion. Gotcha. And I'm not there yet, but I do think that there's been plenty of opportunity for Steve Sarkeesian to give Card a shot to see if there if something will be different with him under center. Um, and that hadn't happened yet. And yeah, that that's indicative of of that stubbornness. So uh, I, I'm glad that at least, you know, we seem to have found one part of the equation uh, that's going to not go back to the drawing board, but see what needs to change and work on it. That's not to say that Steve Sarkeesian isn't, but we're also kind of just going off of what they, they, they everybody involved today said. So um, Steve Sarkeesian is going to stick with Quinn Ewers uh, this season. Um, at, at least, you know, everything we've seen up to this point indicates that is, you know, Will that ding his confidence if you pull him? That's always the the rationale between not behind not pulling him. Oh, you might ding this guy's confidence. It may make it real tough for him to come back. I don't think Quinn Ewers is the type that'll like struggle with that type of thing if you just make a temporary switch or give him a couple series or something like that. He doesn't seem like it. Um, but you know, it's a it's a very unique situation because we haven't really seen quarterback play go this south this quickly under Steve Sarkeesian even at Texas and it's jarring especially when it's Quinn Ewers is the one that's doing it if a guy's ego is that fragile that sitting him when he's clearly playing poorly over an extended stretch again we're not talking about just a quarter or two of football here we're talking about four straight games now where the guy hasn't played well if we're talking about a guy's ego being so fragile in that sort of circumstance then he's some, probably somebody who is not destined to succeed at this level. Now, I'm with you. I don't think, think Quinn Ewers is that guy necessarily. And for anybody that wants to suggest that line of thinking, that ideology, I would counter that by saying, look, sometimes it actually benefits a guy and his growth to experience that level of failure to where he has to sit back and think and watch things and get ready for that next opportunity. I mean, they talked about it during the game on the uh, on the television broadcast when I went back and watched on Sunday. I mean, they talked about uh, TCU's quarterback, Max Duggan, a guy who had started there for, what, three years. I mean, he starts the season as the backup quarterback. Did that ruin him in his development? No. What it did is uh, have him ready to go when that opportunity did arise in that very first game of the season thanks to an injury and there's been no looking back for him so that could, it could be something that actually benefits Quinn Ewers by having him sit down and say look this is it's not all going to be perfect for you it never is for anybody in life but certainly in sports as well so if he, he needs to sit if he struggles for the first half of the Kansas game and let's say Texas has put 10 17 points on the board but Quinn isn't much of that and they bring Hudson Card in the second half of that game to try and ensure that they can win this football game and get that seventh win and, and gain that opportunity for an eighth win over the Baylor Bears, the uh, final regular season game, uh, regular season game uh, here at DKR in a couple of Fridays, that'll be okay. And I hear Longhorn fans also, Joe, suggesting that Quinn is the guy that you're paying all this money to. And look, I realize that this is conjecture right now. If that is your rationale, that because Quinn Ewers is, is making more money based on NIL stuff than the backup quarterback, and that's why he should be the starter. Give me a freaking break. 
Steve Sarkeesian talked about this OU week, that he is selecting the guy to start at quarterback for the Oklahoma game that gives his team the best chance to win games. Right now, Quinn Ewers, you would have a hard time arguing that he is giving this team a better chance to win games than what Hudson Card looked like for those three games where he filled in for Ewers who was dealing with that shoulder injury. Yeah, absolutely. I don't buy the NIL stuff. Like that's, you know, every here, everybody's scholarship is still the same and that's what the program is providing. Um, and everybody there is trying to win football games. So I, I don't buy any of that NIL stuff. I'm glad you addressed that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what it all boils down to is that they've got to improve and there's room for improvement for viewers as a second year player. Uh, but the thing is, is if he's not improving, C. Sargesian has to be willing to try the option that played well, did well, and you know could do the same, um, especially if viewers continues to go what seemingly backwards. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian did talk a little bit about Bijan Robinson, not really able to get things going. Uh, he has some carries in the first half. In the second half, I think he and Roshan combined for six total carries. And Sarkeesian said he felt like the uh, the passing attack was giving them a better chance of actually moving the ball downfield. Uh, do you agree with his sentiment there, Joe? Not well. Pro it it ended up that way. Um, this all goes back to the deep passing when those safeties don't have to really worry about guys going over the top of them. It helps them move a little bit closer, and when the linebackers can do the same, don't have to worry about pass drops. It helps there. So one thing I, I think I noticed is that the, the TCU defensive front and that three-down system uh, were really firing off the ball pretty well and making life difficult for the uh, Texas offensive linemen. They couldn't charge out to the second level. They, they just could not get you know past that front and onto uh, some defensive – some uh, linebackers and, and defensive backs. So you had that issue to where, honestly, yeah, I, I think the passing game was kind of the – the recipe for success. It's just that no, nothing was really working for Texas offense wise. That's the whole problem. Uh, but you know, I, I think schematically, yeah, the decision to keep going past instead of run made a little bit of sense. But then you think about your personnel and, and you think that Bijan Robinson only deserves 12 touches. Like that's where the issue is. It's not being able to, you know, if you can't run the ball, that happens. You got you got to pass it. I, I get that, and unfortunately, the pass game didn't work for Texas. But when you have Bijan Robinson, you got to find a way to manufacture touches and yardage for him to where even if it's not working, you give him an opportunity to make something work, even if it's kind of a gadget play and not just a plain old handoff. It's ironic because it was against TCU last year that uh, Steve Sarkeesian really uh, put uh, the team on Bijan Robinson's shoulders. And I think he ends up with uh, somewhere around 30 carries in the game. 
And uh, I know he ended up playing the Oklahoma game after that, but he kind of wasn't right for a good chunk of the season afterwards. But that's what was required to win that game in Fort Worth last year. I wish there had been a little bit more of an effort made to do that with Dijon on Saturday. Uh, even if you're not giving him straight handoffs, find creative ways to get him the football. Get him the football outside in space. And look, by the way, credit to TCU's defense. We're going to talk about the Texas defense here in a second. TCU's defense did as good a job as any team that I can remember tackling Bijan Robinson. And I know that uh, the way that they were lining up in pre-snap, daring Texas to run the football right. Well, Texas tried to run the football right, and TCU uh, seemed to have that play called each and every time. They weren't giving him a chance to make that first guy miss, though, and that's obviously something that Bijan has been so good at since he, since he set foot on campus. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's You just got to get him touches somehow. And he's someone who's willing to do it all, too. Like, he's he's yeah. a guy that will take those 30 carries. And that that's the, that's the alarming thing, too, is that Texas has won this year with B. John Robinson being the workhorse and carrying the load. And for some reason, Sarkeesian, uh, you know, just wasn't a – didn't think that was the right path forward. And um, luckily for Texas, they don't have to face a weird three-down front again unless they somehow make it back to uh, the Big 12 title game, which would be real tough. But – um, you know, I think going against Kansas and then against Baylor, they're going to face more, I guess, customary defenses like four down and two linebackers, things like that. So may not have that issue. But uh, at some point, Steve Sarkeesian is going to have to figure out how to run the ball against that type of defense. And most likely going forward uh, in the coming seasons, he's not going to have B. John Robinson to help him out with. Steve Sarkeesian started today's presser by giving big props to the defense, and the defense deserves all the positive things that are being said about them today. That was an incredible effort, uh, especially the defensive front, which all of a sudden is doing a phenomenal job of getting pressure on the quarterback. Made life very difficult for Max Duggan all Saturday night. Did some similar things against Kansas State the previous weekend. Uh, you had a chance to talk to a number of guys on the defense, Joe, after uh, Sark's uh, portion with the media. That includes uh, Keandre Coburn, Jade Barron, Ryan Watts, and then Ovia Gofu, who's, uh, who uh, you rightfully called out as uh, really needing to get it going. Uh, he has over these last couple of weeks. Are you noticing a palpable difference just in terms of their attitude when they're speaking with the media? And what did they have to say about the upcoming opponent with the Kansas Jayhawks and the unique challenge that they pose? You know, I haven't seen a ton of attitude change because I think what they – it was very obvious that the the message in the locker room from Steve Sarkeesian on Saturday night was, you know, the, the defense doesn't win games. The offense doesn't win games or lose games. Texas wins and loses games. So – uh, that was kind of the sentiment that the, that the players put out there. It's like, look, we played well. It helps us. We do have confidence, but we didn't win the game. I mean, Jade Barron was asked, was that your best game? And he said, no, we didn't win. Well, Jade, I, I may disagree. That might have been your best game with as much as you were able to do. There's construction going on in the apartment above me, so it's not me. Don't worry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, they seem to be – a lot more confident in in what they're able to do and in what PK is calling this year. Uh, with regards to Kansas, you know, it's that's a unique uh, setup with with their offense. They kind of run a triple option ish type thing with out of spread sets. So not only are they running the ball a little bit differently, they're passing it to Jalen Daniels could be back, and if not, Jason Beans played pretty darn well. So. I kind of asked all of them, hey, did you have to play against the option back in, in uh, high school? And 
Ovi there as the Notre Dame transfer kind of reminds me. He's like, hey, I had to play against Navy. Like, I know what this is like. So uh, basically all they said is that, hey, you got to keep your eyes on your assignment and you have to have faith in the rest of your teammates that they're going to be on their assignment uh, playing, you know, against an option-based run scheme that has some pass aspects attached to it. I'm glad you uh, clarified that that is uh, construction, Joe. Otherwise, I might have thought that it was uh, one whale courting another right now. It sounds uh, a little bit odd in the background there. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, you also spoke with Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers. You uh, mentioned a little bit of what Quinn had to say with regards to uh, uh, putting more focus on the footwork, setting his feet, especially as he's throwing the ball down the field and maybe help out with that overall accuracy and getting more zip on the ball at times. Uh, what did you learn from speaking with Bijan this afternoon? It's there again. Got to unmute it. Um, see, uh, Bijan, he's not going to give you a whole lot publicly, honestly. And, and that's not really much of a ding. He's just a very positive, you know, message-oriented type guy. So, um, you know, what one thing he did talk about a little bit was flipping the switch for him personally. Um, and that's, you know, we see Bijan, the, the mustard salesman, the, the Lamborghini driver, the all that stuff. But he talked about how when he gets onto the field, he's a little bit different person, calls himself the silent assassin, I think, <laughs> what it was, or maybe smiling assassin. I, I'm not sure if I heard that properly. But um, he, you know, he talked about just having faith in, in, in Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and for some reason, that was a storyline and, and a line of questioning that came out this week. I guess I get it as well. But it's like, do you still have faith in their play calling and stuff like that? And he goes, yeah, of course, absolutely. I have faith in that. Uh, so not a whole lot of questions about his game, mostly because he didn't have very many opportunities to provide you know, a lot for this offense um, against TCU. But uh, very much a you know good teammate and, and good teammate responses were given by him and you know, he's just going to be ready for it whenever, you know, if they does get his name called 25 times, he sounds like he's going to be ready for it. Anything else stick out to you this week, Joe, either from Sark or the players? We did get to talk to to Baron Sorrell uh, for a little bit. That was that was nice to see uh, his first appearance, I think, with the media and handled it pretty well. And that just kind of illustrates all that he's done uh, this season. He got some sparing, some small amount of action last year. Uh, but Texas decided not to really go that that direction this year. You know, again against the TCU offensive line that was a little overmatched by them. He's played great. He had a strong first quarter, a uh, strong first half against TCU, and he's been a pretty consistent performer there on the the edge of the defense for the Longhorns. So good to hear from him. Uh, he one of the things that he credited his play to is is his motor, and I think if anybody watches number 88 play they'd agree that he's he's on pretty much for every single play and that's shown through uh this past week against tcu yeah it really feels like that's carried over to some of those other guys as well like i know keandre coburn has uh, had a resurgent senior season but even moro ajomo it felt like there were a couple of times on saturday where he was benefiting from uh from playing alongside uh sorrell yeah absolutely and when when one of those guys does really well and you have to get two guys maybe to help defend him or get some help chipping in. It, it helps the rest of the defense. And that Texas defensive line, they've done well all year. They they almost they've been close with as far as the the pressure and turning that into sacks or turning that into tackles for loss. It really showed uh yesterday against T or Saturday against TCU. 
Um, and, you know, just a lot of credit to them for being able to kind of flip a narrative on its head that, you know, this this defense can't get pressure, they can't do anything, and then boom, you see them getting tackles for loss and, and sacks pretty regularly against TCU and number 14. He is Joe Cook. Check out his work at InsideTexas.com. You can hear him on the On Texas Football YouTube channel all week long. That includes Mondays as we give our rapid reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's Monday Presser. I am Trey Elling. If you liked this episode, please do click that thumbs up button. As always, do subscribe to On Texas Football, the YouTube channel. We will talk to you next Monday. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the week and hook them.